Time once again for the weekly NHSportsPage.com podcast. Justin McIsaac in the WGIR studios. Dave Haley at NHSportsPage.com World Headquarters in Hampton. And today's podcast is brought to you by White Mountains Community College. Locations in Berlin, North Conway, and Littleton. Is that correct, Dave? Yes, we were up there yesterday, the franchise. We took the franchise out to... Uh Berlin. I was saying that her and I driving in the car together is uh it's so like you shouldn't have the president and the VP in the same plane. That poor that poor so, woman. Um, she had to deal with you all the way to Berlin. In charge, I think you it would be you and Pete in charge of any sports page if the two of us were were something were to, to, to happen to us on the drive. Do you think you could handle you and Pete running any sports page? I think we need a designated survivor somewhere. So we'll have to, like Nicole Marrero's just waiting. She's gonna take over the whole empire. There you go. Yeah, no, but it got speed to uh, Jennifer Chuck Ruth for spending having to spend uh, five plus hours in a car with me yesterday. So, so uh, I somehow feel, she, I feel like you should send her a bouquet for having to, to deal with that. At least, yeah, <laughs> at least edible arrangements, whatever, whatever gets her through it. All right. Well, uh, we're past the halfway point, right? D four is off this week. They had the first week off. Now they have another week off. What's going on there? I want answers. Yeah, they've got just because of the ski. You know, they they play seven games. Uh, you know, with the eight teams in that league, yeah, it's just how it worked out. You know, everyone else playing nine, and uh, or eight, excuse me, and uh, excuse me, nine. And so, uh, yeah, they're going to break it up. And then their championship game, I believe, is on a Friday night. So um, again, we plugged it a few times, but October twenty seventh, we're going to be out in Tilton for Winnesquam Franklin and. As I wrote about today, it's starting to look like those two teams might be undefeated when we get there. So that would be uh, that would be pretty cool. That's a huge rivalry game. Those schools are, uh, besides Trinity and Central, I don't think there's any two high schools. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. That are closer together than uh, Franklin and Winnesquam. They're about a mile apart from one another. Yeah, and D uh, four probably needs one more team, right? So they can play eight games. What do you? What, I'm going to put you on the spot here. We didn't talk about this beforehand. Surprising. We didn't know show prep. Who, who do you think would be the best team to go down to D4 from D3 if they wanted oh to have nine teams? Uh, I would say maybe Summersworth might be a team. Uh, I don't think you could do Epi Newmarket just because they're a co-op. And yeah. I don't think you can have a co-op in Division Four. You know, I, I think there should be a rule against it unless it's, you know, a school that's only going to, you know, be very small, maybe provide a couple of kids. Um that that kind of takes Interlakes, Boltonboro, and Epi Newmarket out of it. So maybe Summersworth. I mean, Summersworth, I think, would be a team um, that would probably maybe you know population wise, yeah, yeah. What do you think? I mean, I think I, I, looking at it, I think Summersworth. Just looking at this list, yeah, I, I don't think you can put Kearsarge there because they're a little bit too big, probably. Right? So you know, they're, they got Mount Royal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they do. That's right. I, forget, I keep forgetting about that. But yeah, there's a lot of hyphens in Division Three, so it's a uh, yeah. It's tough. Well, let's put Campbell down there. See what happens. What do you think? How do you think that would go? Yeah, I think that would be great. <laughs> I know that Farmington New wants another swing at them after last year's one. <laughs> no, but yeah, we're 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 big D four fans. So all right, three up, three down with uh with Dave Haley and Justin McIsaac. Who do you have, uh, Dave? Let's jump right into it with the uh, your three up. Who you got? I have a strange feeling that this one is going to be a mutual. Uh, both of us are going to have them top three, and if you don't, then you're a complete fool. And we we know that that's that's happened from time to time. Yes. Uh, the Salem Blue Devils have to be a team up after beating Pinkerton last week on the road. Um, that's just a tremendous win, and really kind of changes the the outlook of the South Division South Conference. Um, if Pinkerton had won that game, they are, they would hold the tiebreakers over Salem and Londonderry and would have a three-game lead over Wyndham. So they pretty much could have kind of punched their ticket. But 
uh, with that loss, as I talked about in the column today, my Thursday column was up the first thing this morning, and I talked about on the radio show with P last week is now it's really Winnicott is going to decide who's going to win that because Winnicott plays Pinkerton, Salem, and Londonderry uh, in the last uh, weeks of the season, starting with Londonderry on Friday night. And uh, they're going to determine it. It's how teams do against Winnicott, those three teams that will determine it. But Salem did a really good job, um, won a very close game, 15-14. And, uh, you know, we had Brandon Wall as uh, – uh, one of our kids who was up for player of the week. And, uh, you know, just a, a really good effort over there. Rob Pike is a guy I really enjoy talking to in the preseason. And when you talk to these guys about their teams, you know, this is why you talk to these guys. You know what I mean? Like, it sounds silly, but, like, you get on the phone and you really talk to these guys. You, you know, they're going to be honest with you and they're comfortable enough, you know. it's you know, And Rob Pike, I can tell, just really liked the makeup of this team. He said they were tough, like they listened, there was good chemistry. I, I think that, I, I buy into that stuff. I think it means a lot. So, uh, great one by Salem. Yeah, and actually, that's who I was going to go with my first one. I, I wrote about him in the, uh, my top 10. But uh, talk about a gauntlet they have at Pinkerton. Now, they're home for Wyndham, the new rivalry game. They didn't play him. Uh, last, or did they play about Thanksgiving? No, they didn't, right? They, this is the first no, time they played No, we tried Wyndham. to get that. Pete and I always were kind of pitching that game. Yeah. So they, now, they, now they play Wyndham, then they go to Winnicott, and then, of course, on the 19th, they host Spalding, which is really the mother of all games, right? right? Yeah, so they can rest some people, you mean, on that one? How kind of get healthy. dare you, sir? <laughs> But no, that's uh, so they, they, you know, there's no time to rest. They play Wyndham and then go to Winnicott. That is quite a three game stretch for the Blue Devils. And uh, if they come out of that unscathed, boy, they got to, you know, uh, other than Bedford, I think it's Bedford and everybody else at this point just because they're just murder, death killing teams right now. It's uh, you'd have to go with Bedford and Salem as one and uh, one and two, right? Yeah, I mean, you have to because Salem beat Pinkerton head to head, but you know, Londonderry beat Salem, so uh, you know. And they're four and one as well. They have the same record, so all all three of those teams are tied at four and one. So, like I said, it really kind of comes down to Winnicott, and we're going to learn a lot about Winnicott um, this weekend. And uh, spoiler alert: uh, I I picked Winnicott in Staptex to beat Londonderry. I think Ooh. it's going to be a great game, but I like Winnicott to go in there and beat those guys um, with that defensive line that's so good, um, led by McDougal and and, and Tennessee. So uh, it'll be fun to watch. But yeah, Salem definitely. Um, their one loss was at Londonderry by a touchdown game that we covered, which was a terrific game. They had chances to win, so they should feel real good about themselves. And I know, I mean, I'll end it on this. I know that Salem team feels like they should have been in Durham last year playing against Winnicott. They would have been undefeated, and of course, they lost Josh Amanda to a suspension uh, in the uh, in their first round playoff win over London. Or no, who was London? Who they beat in the first round? I can't remember. I can't remember either. But, can't remember having this. Yeah, morning. but they. They won pretty easy, and they uh, they feel like they should have beaten Pinkerton last year if they were at full strength on their home field. So they got another shot at it now, and that was a, just a, a huge statement win for them. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So that's we we both have Salem as our our, our first team up. And uh, did you appreciate the uh, the Beach Boys two electric uh, boogaloo? I thought that was that was pretty much for an audience of one for you, Dave. When I wrote that last week, I do. I really week. did appreciate it. It was for <laughs> anybody over the age of forty. <laughs> uh, maybe 45. Uh, and uh, can you name the three stars of Breaking? No. Not, their, not the actor's name, the character's name. No, of course not. I, don't th- I think Ozone. I've seen it once. Ozone, Turbo, 
I can't remember the girl's name. But <laughs> Ozone and Turbo were the two dancers. How can you forget Turbo? I'm old enough to remember uh, being at a wedding when I was very young, and people like, like there was two guys that could break dance, and they just captivated the whole crowd. Break dance, I, I think people have lost the art of break dancing. It's uh, it, 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 hopefully that'll have a renaissance at some point. I, th- I believe there were breakdance fights back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Duels, if you yeah. will. <laughs> so it's like you tell these kids now how much cooler the 80s were to grow up in than today, and then they all they have to do is go, were there breakdance fights? And you go, I'm so sorry. You just walk away. <laughs> win. There you go. All right, who's your second team update? The Gosstown Grizzlies. Dude, it, I, you say we didn't do show prep. Then we're going to be my third team up, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, they uh, I wrote about them today. Uh, at length in the in the column, um, they've you know they turned it around a little bit. That win over Concord, I'm not going to make too much of beating Memorial. No offense to Memorial, love you mean it, but I'm not going to make too much out of that. But they've started to turn this thing around. That win over Concord was really really impressive because those are two teams that are if they don't get in, they're sort of the NIT teams we joke about every year. Who you know might be just that last team. You know, looking in like Pelham was right, right. Division two last year. You know, we just like wow, if Pelham had gotten in, they could have caused problems. Um, Goffstown's got a really interesting game this weekend against Manchester Central. I previewed it, and uh, all of a sudden it's a, it's, I don't know if it's a must-win game for Central, but it's pretty darn close. Um, think, think for both of them, right? Yeah, and, uh, you know, you call, you've called me a Central homer forever. Let me just say, later in the podcast, we'll get to Central. Um, but Uh-oh. speaking of Goffstown, their defense is, has been playing better. They, you know, they've stayed relatively healthy. Um, Jack Stinnett and, and Charlie Keith, they got some kids who have been, you know, in the playoffs, you know, had that, that, that playoff uh, win a year ago over Exeter. You know, they went over and played Winnicott in the second round. And um, so they've got experience in big games, and that's a huge one this week against Central. All right, there you go. There's Dave's second team up. My second team up, Dave. You ready? I got, I got a special treat for you here. Ready? Haley, we might hang a banner in D2. The Pelham Pythons are my second team up after a, 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 a good call. A drubbing a call. of Hollis Brookline, which I did not see coming. I don't think you saw coming. 43-14. Uh, so they've won two straight, and they have a huge one with Sauhegan coming up this weekend. So the uh, the, the, the Pythons. Uh, you know what? You know what we're going to declare them right here? Are you ready for this? <clears throat> My Pelham Pythons. Oh, come on. You can't come <laughs> to the dance at 11 o'clock and leave with the cutest girl. My Pelham Pythons are 3-2 and two with a big one against Sauhegan. They, uh, they, you know what I learned about them as I sat there on Sunday and I'd watch my, you know, a Sunday morning getting ready to go only because I want to support our sponsors. I decided to go to TJ's on Sunday afternoon. That doesn't sound like game. you. I just want to support our sponsors. <laughs> and, um, very good about that, uh, especially TJ's. Um, but I did their stats in the morning to kind of catch them up, and they'll take shots downfield. They don't throw a lot, but Ian uh, Ahoy, I think is how you say his last name, he's the quarterback. Um, he's actually the uh, fourth-leading passer at 561 yards in the division. We all know about Brett Lindsay, who's you know kind of like their battering ram, but they got a kid, Nick Milano, who's got 324 yards receiving, so – you know, that kind of shows me that they're a team that will they'll run it, run it, run it, and then if they see the right coverage, maybe the safety's sneaking up, they'll take their shots downfield, and they've been uh, they've been pretty uh, effective in doing it. You we're, know, We're a fast-break offense, Healy. We like to we're get out and run. Minutes, guys. Um, again, nothing better last year than listening 
So the broadcast on the way back from the game I was doing is Regan yelling at his kids, and then you broadcast the game as Matt Regan, like in the moment, like listening to both of you back and forth. And at some point, the the line between who is who was getting a little bit blurred. You don't get that coverage anywhere else. You you know that you just don't get that anywhere else. That's right. We beat them at the golf tournament, so so they're three and two. Uh, Hollis Brookline is also three and two, but now Hollis Brookline has a team. Um, that owns that tiebreaker. So, uh, yeah, Palom, Palom with a very big win to kind of hang in there and stay a game back of St. Thomas and Alvern um, in the South uh, Conference over there. So that's a good call. Yeah, so they, they lost to Alvern opening uh, opening night 14-6. Uh, to six. They took a bad loss to Milford 35-4. It's not a bad loss, but uh, they lost by a bunch to Milford. Their final four games, Sauhegan, Conval, both at home, at St. Thomas, and then home for Manchester West. That game at St. Thomas is suddenly looking huge, huge. St. Thomas putting the lights up for that one. It's a 7 o'clock start. Usually St. Thomas does that when they know they're going to beat a team, but not so fast, my friend. I think that one's going to be a, a, a game uh, worth watching. It might might decide if Pelham gets in or doesn't because they have Manchester West to close it out. Oh, absolutely. And West is, West is no team that you have to cross off either. Like, they're a team that can compete, you know, so – they're they're two and three. Um, they're kind of beating on the lower level teams, but getting a little bit of confidence. But yeah, at St. Thomas, I was really impressed with St. Thomas' defensive line. Um, they did a really nice job against Plymouth. They didn't win the game, but I thought their defensive line did a nice job. Um, I sort of harped on the fact that they can't run the ball. They don't run the ball very well, at St. Thomas. So they can be kind of one dimensional. Um, but you know, they've got one of the best quarterbacks in the state, and they got four different guys who can catch it. So. Um, I don't want to turn it into a St. Thomas preview because they're not three up, they're not three down. Um, but, yeah, that should be a, a really good game for Pelham. And now, interestingly, you got Pelham, Hollis, Brookline, and Milford all at three and two, and then same situation as Salem, Lundary, and Pinkerton where they're all one-on-one against each other. Right, there you go. All right, your third team up, Dave Haley. I actually put the Plymouth Bobcats for the second time as a team <laughs> up, uh, at 5-0 and going over to St. Thomas. And winning over there, they should be undefeated heading into their season finale when they play at Hanover, which should be really good. Um, we also, um, I also got to get got to see how they're doing it, and it's just defensively, they got a kid Nick Quayley who's really good in the secondary, and he works back there with Brickley. Um, but Cam McDonald was one of my favorite players I've covered this year on the defensive line. He's just tough, makes a lot of stops, a lot of stops, and. Uh, Really, they should have shut out St. Thomas. All the credit to Sean DeCorn for, for not being shut out because they had him sacked on fourth down. I mean, they had him wrapped up. The NFL would have blown the whistle, and then, like, you know, I escorted Sean DeCorn off the field to make sure he was okay and his feelings <laughs> didn't get hurt. But in high school football, God bless, they still let him play a little bit. DeCorn was able to kind of wiggle out of it and throw a touchdown pass to Will McLean. Um, but it was already kind of a decided game at that point. But that Plymouth defense holding St. Thomas scoreless because the first points of the game were a safety. Uh, Plymouth just uh, snapped the ball over the puncher's head. I was really impressed with their defense, and as long as they say relatively healthy, I still think Plymouth, uh, I can say, is the team to beat in, in Division Two. Absolutely. All right. I was going to go Goss down for my third team up, but I guess I'll I'll take the easy way out and say uh, there's this team uh, near the area where I am right now, Dave. You may have heard of them. They're the Bedford uh, – what's their mascot? The, bull, the bull, uh, Bulldogs? 
Yeah, I think they're the Bulldogs. Small team. So they don't play in a field, right? Don't they don't they play yeah, it's an onion field, it's somebody's backyard that they They don't even have the they don't have goalposts or a clock. They just kinda you know, the ref keeps the time on the field, they don't be kick done by nine thirty. Exactly. Yeah, because grandma goes to take the pills and goes 40, to sleep at that point. Five to nothing. This will probably segue yeah. in your first team down, but forty five nothing over central, which is Oof. They've allowed 17 points all season, Dave, and they're averaging like a billion points. I didn't do the math, but that's a, that's an approximation. So when I talked to Derek Stang, and by the way, Derek Stang's going to be our guest on the radio show Saturday morning. Coach Bellevue is going to uh, sit in for me. Um, I'll be up way, way, way up north in Pittsburgh. Uh, I'll be sitting in a cabin on Sunday entering everybody's stats on my laptop. So you're Sc- not all Scouting I'll get, Pittsburgh Canaan basketball work. already, huh? Yeah, and I um, and so when I talked to Derek Stank in the preseason, he just rattled off a bunch of linemen, a bunch of big kids, and they're lifting numbers. You know, this guy power lifted <laughs> this, and this kid's benching this, and so they had a really. He was just like giddy, you know, ripping off these numbers for me. And they always have depth, and you know, Thomas Morgan is a solid quarterback, and they're really one of those teams. Um, they got a couple of kids who were doing it for them. You know, I mean, they they have depth is what I'm saying is, you know, Lucio Montoya is one of the best receivers in the state. Uh, Morgan right now is the second-leading passer. He's got 766 yards of carry. I mean, excuse me, passing yards. And Ryan Toscano has 450 yards rushing on the season, but they really got depth. It's and about time Bedford had some depth, finally. Finally, they're building that program up. It's nice to see them finally get recognized. I know they're a program <laughs> that, that never – I don't know if you heard on the radio show, but uh, Pete was talking about how – Bedford, uh, one, uh, I think it's Harold Lagoon, the one of the uh, wide receivers was saying, like, people are sleeping on us. And what? when he interviewed Pinkerton, one of the Pinkerton kids made a comment, like, oh, people need – I'm so sorry to say this. I, I say it as, like, <laughs> like, picture me just putting my, my hands on the shoulders of Goodwill Hunting and just looking him straight in the eye if you're Bedford and Pinkerton. I'm so sorry. You are not being looked past, past ever if you're from Bedford or Pinkerton. I'm so sorry. No one is looking past you. And by the way – no one, but one more. Go I want to add another one because I know we haven't covered them yet, and I know it's coming. No one is looking past one comment. Nobody. They're five and zero, and they're defending champs. I actually picked them to beat Lunder this week. Please, for the love of you know who, please do not start saying that people are looking past you. If that's the only thing that can get you going, then Godspeed and go ahead. But. No one is looking because I think those are the three best teams in, in Division One. It reminds me of when uh, we were talking about D four basketball. One of the Dairyfield kids was like, "We're the underdogs," and I'm like, "I'm sorry to inform you, sir, but you're the Dairyfield school and you're in D no. four. You are the villain in the '80s movie. Sorry, no. sorry to tell you." <laughs> and he laughed. No, no, yeah, he kind of laughed it off. He's like, "Yeah, you're probably right, but yeah, no, you don't get to be that. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, well." It, you know, what we should do is have Sam Natty, head coach of America's team in Lisbon, <laughs> with his front line of six feet and 5'10", go speak to these teams, and then he can show them a video, and at the end it'll be like the, the tales of Costanza, where the board at the at the, at the apartment board will be all in tears as right. Sam walks out the door <laughs> talking about, you know, the fact that his fifth fifth guy in the starting lineup is 5'7 in eighth grade. To and, be fair, know, he's 5'8 in, uh, in the hiking boots he wears at, uh, at tryouts, right? <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. All you right, who's... take down a deer, but yeah, no, <laughs> probably not a jumper. Right, who's your? <laughs> I just pictured the same telling us about the kid that brought Venice in for lunch. Who's uh? Who's your first team down? Oh, I remember that kid. <laughs> uh, Central definitely is. Let's just get right to it. Um, as I mentioned, you know, in my poem today, is that I was surprised that losing to Bedford. There's nothing wrong with that, right? But they didn't compete. They left 45 to nothing. 
and um, you know, I asked one of their coaches, and uh, they, they didn't. They got pushed off the block. They got you know, they got beat every which way, and they got outplayed, outcoached, the whole thing, according to them, you know. And uh, they held Alex Hawkman in check, and boy, they got talent over to Central, and those kids have been working hard. But now all of a sudden. They got a Goffstown team coming in here who's got all the momentum behind them, starting to feel pretty confident about themselves. And uh, Central's now look, you know, that, that, you, you 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 went right up to them and right on the lips you gave them the kiss of death a few weeks ago in your top. I did, yeah. And all downhill since. I cursed them. Yeah, that might not be the most important game of the week, but it seems to be it's the most intriguing, doesn't it? Goffstown and Central, just you know, to see what the direction of the two programs. Yeah, 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 you're right. I mean, Londonderry, when it comes the fun, you know, I, I'm dying to see what happens there. But, yeah, Central, Goffstown, I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm picking Central to win it, but I, I, I think, you know, Goffstown goes in there with a lot of, like I said, momentum. And they got kids who have made plays. They got veteran quarterback, you know, so to speak, and a kid who started for a couple of years. And uh, for Central, you know, riding high, and they were a very confident group. You're 3-0, and and then to get blitzed. Last week, forty-five to nothing against Bedford. I mean, that's a that's a rivalry game, and uh, that was very surprising. Just to say, you know, they couldn't even make it. You know, forty-five twenty-one, or you right. know what I mean, or thirty-five. I don't know, twenty-eight to nothing. It was just total domination by Bedford, and really, I think a message sent by Bedford, loud and clear. All right, my uh, my first team down is the uh, the Conval Cougars. What is going on? In Peterborough, they fired their coach. I mean, I I don't know the whole story. I hear bits and pieces from different people, and I forgive me. I don't know. I don't even know who the coach was after Paul Landau uh, stepped down to take the uh, the Belmont AD job. But they, firing a high school football coach midway through a season, especially their first season, uh, my spidey sense is up, and it tells me uh, somehow parents were probably involved here. But they they took a shellacking at Manchester West, fifty five six. What is going on at Conval, Dave? Yeah, I know they tried to the the new coach came in and tried and I spoke to him in the preseason, very nice guy. Um I know that they tried to um change from a spread to kind of like a power running team and I don't I'm going to be really careful. Yeah, I don't I know, know right? if everybody was on board with that and maybe let's just throw players and coaches in uh, in the same bowl and kind of mix it all up. I don't think everyone was kind of on board, and I just think it was one of these. It wasn't working, and there was still a, se- a season to kind of salvage as far as you know, building for the future and all that. But, yeah, Conval sort of a program that under Paul Landau, who's now the athletic director at Belmont, real good guy, one of our Absolutely. guys. Absolutely. Really like yeah, I still keep in touch with Paul Lee's terrific. And it's one of those um, situations where it just it wasn't a good fit. And sometimes it's better to, you know, kind of cut the cord. I, I don't know, man. Just you know, that's fine if it's a high school or even a college team. But uh, uh, to fire a high school coach unless he's being abusive midseason just seems—I don't—I I don't know. That that kind of rubs me the wrong way. Way. And I, again, I don't know the whole story. So, uh, you know, if there's something missing here, you, you don't need to scream at me. Uh, not you, Dave. You scream at me a lot. But anybody listening, but uh, that just seems kind of uh, kind of wild to fire a guy midseason unless he's, you know, unless there's an abusive situation. It's. I mean, yeah, man, I've been doing this for, so this is the 11th season of football, and uh, I don't, it might have happened once, maybe before, I don't remember it, um, but it, it, no, it's very rare. I know Wilton Lineborough, um let go of their basketball coach around Christmas break, uh, the holiday break last year, um, so I saw it happen last year. I, I'm not so, I don't know if this was like, you know, 
I've been open in criticism of parents and, you know, some parents in my column that I wrote last year. I, I'm not going to point figures at the Conville parents because I don't know that that's the case at all. I right, nor, nor do I. I just said that whenever something like that happens, my spidey sense goes off, but I could be way, I could be way out of left field. So I'm sure that, yeah, they're, yeah. But, but, but no, I, I think it was just a matter of it was not a, not working out and uh, a change had to be made. But yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, they went on, uh, on opening weekend. And then they haven't won a game since, and uh, you know, one and four. And they were like a really fun team. Yeah. In the last couple of years, it was Spezza Ferry and the Wilson brothers and all those guys. They, they, they you know, and Isaac Bacon yeah. was a really fun, big six foot five. Bring home the bacon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so they they've been a fun team. We've covered them. We, we Pete uh, Terry went out to. I think with John Kessie went out to Peterborough and covered those guys. So yeah, uh, I went out there last year for the game against St. Thomas, which was pretty good for a half. But yeah, that's uh, yeah, they've they've been a fun program the, the last few years. Hopefully, they can get that back. Yeah, exactly. Um, my second team down is Southeastern, uh, staying in the division, uh, just getting pushed around against Milford. Um, that surprised me. Uh, Southeastern's always been. Uh, they're certainly a well coached team by Robin uh, Bocat. Um, Maybe it was just a bad matchup for them uh, because they did pretty well against St. Thomas, who is a team that, as I mentioned, is going to spread you out. So maybe it's just so those power running teams is a bad matchup. So I'm not writing Sauhegan off at all, but they've got uh, Pelham on the road this week. Your Pelham Python. My Pelham. Thank you, Haley. <laughs> and then, then they got Halls Brooklyn at home. Uh, which is another team that uh, was close. <laughs> there was four up and four down. We might have been talking about Hall's Brookline, <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna keep them. I, I think they had some some kids that didn't play all the minutes and snaps because you know, kind of the coach feeling like he's doing the right thing. So I support anything that coach wants to do over there and uh, uh, Coach Loans. But uh, yeah, I, I, they got to turn around pretty quick. Uh, as I wrote, they're, they're two and three. If they if they lose to Pound, they're two and four, and you're you're then saying they've got to go undefeated just to have even a sniff at it, and that would be Hollis Brookline at home, which I think they could win, at West, which I think they could win, and Bo at home, which I think would be very difficult. So, um, Sauhegan's a team that came in last weekend losing two games by a combined 14 points. Yep. But uh, Milford just ran over them, and uh, if Brett Lindsay is allowed to run wild, on Friday night, then uh, that could put their season in danger. All right, my uh, second team down, and I hate to do this because uh, the the head coach's son is a valuable member and hopefully returning to the UNH Wildcats this weekend. Uh, but Nashua South suddenly looking at two and three uh, in the face and having to face Bedford and Goffstown in back to back weeks. Uh, I think we had high hopes for Nashua South coming into the season, didn't we, Dave? Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I mean, I don't think I'm too down on Nashua South, um, only because they really battled against Nashua North. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a, a big rivalry game, and North is a good football team. And, uh, you know, they lost them by one point. I mean, they, excuse me, one point. By one score, they lost 21 14. They lost 14 nothing against Merrimack. And I know that they got banged up right away. I think they were to their third string quarterback uh, okay. in that game against Merrimack. Yeah. So um, well, Dante we- Young was back. It's more of a reflection of looking ahead for them, I think, is why I, I you know, I'm not not saying they're a bad team, but they're maybe trending in the wrong direction with the two straight losses oh, in now Bedford. My sincere hope is that my Twitter follower and I follow him as well, Trevor Knight, dumps you like a heart attack uh, today on Twitter because of his comments about his father, which I think are <laughs> out of line and 
I'm justified against the great Scott Knight. This is my and, second how dare you, sir, of the podcast. And this one I mean, how dare you, sir. We're gonna, uh, by the way, can I put you and H my three down? I no, three no, left. you can't because we're going to smoke Holy Cross this weekend. And I yes. can say you we. Remember, you remember, you remember, this is like talking about good times in my, in my, my former marriage. It's like, oh, you remember the good times? Remember when <sighs> you were talking smack to Maine before the season opener? That was fun. That was I'll talk day. smack to Maine right now. Where are they? They've lost two straight. I don't think he can say much. <laughs> did you ever think, we won't go too far on this, but did you ever think that you'd be in October and UNH hadn't won a football game? No, yet? no, not at all. It, it, such, such high hopes for the team, but uh, hopefully, and, and, and uh, Trevor's backup, Christian Lupoli, is going to be out this weekend as well. So I saw that. If, so if Trevor can't go, and the hope is that he can, I think all signs are pointing to that, but we'll see. Uh, it would be the third-string quarterback, Tommy Harrion. So it's, uh, you know, things haven't gone as planned this year, Dave Haley. Listen, I, I, all those kids over there that I covered, I knew and I'm rooting for them. But uh, yeah, tough start. But Kyle Rester um, should be back in the lineup this weekend, so that's good. Yeah. Oh, good. good. I love that kid. Um, yeah. So they got Bedford. So uh, that's that's going to be challenging. Would that be the word? And then yeah, <laughs> that's at, a nice uh, way to put it. Um, they got Memorial at home, and I tell you right now, they could beat Central. So at Central, I think that would be a good game. Um, you know, Dante Young was able to come back. I don't, I think he, I don't think he was a hundred percent, but, uh, he played against North. They lost 21, 14 in a really good game. You know, I think the game that they look back on national South is that Concord loss. And that, that, that's, that's a good Concord team. It's not a bad loss is at Concord, but they lost 28, 26. So, you know, it's one play here or there that changes the scope of that game. And, um, South, you know, right now is looking at two and four and, they don't have the tiebreaker in that conference against Merrimack and North, so they really uh, they'd have to run the table to make the playoffs. And with Bedford coming in, uh, going to Bedford, excuse me, with Bedford coming in this week, that's going to be tough for South. But I'm not really down on them. But. Okay, all right. Well, uh, your third team down for three up, three down. Who you got? All right, this is a team I'm down on. Uh, what's happening with Interlakes Moulinburg? I mean, what, what's going on? Because that was a program that, first of all. Jen and I, uh, in our seven-hour journey to uh, <laughs> to the North Country and back, and you know I love the North Country, uh, and shout-out to Chuck Lloyd and everyone over at Way Mountain Community College. It was terrific to us, great people up there. But um, on the way up and the way down, we were talking, and I said, boy, Interlakes was like a really fun Saturday afternoon football game. Do you remember the Stevens game we covered when they killed them a few years ago? you remember that one? Um, oh, the championship game, like, yeah. Well, it wasn't the championship game. It was the same season. Oh, though. that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. But it was like it was like sixty degrees, and it overlooks like the mountains up in Interlakes. They've got a turf field, and then you can scoot right into downtown Meredith. Maybe hit you know Giuseppe's or the Frog Rock Tavern or whatever. Like uh, <laughs> you know, it's a great, great little Saturday afternoon venue. No, seriously. Like, and the people were great. They brought us. Interlakes Moneboro football jerseys, and uh, the parents were great, and I think they brought Jen hot chocolate and all that stuff. And so uh, all of a sudden, you, John Francis, their head coach, is still there, but a lot of assistants have left, and they've gone from sort of the, you know, maybe the most talented team in that division. They went to back-to-back championships. They played Newport one year, and then they played Stevens the next. Yep. And now they're just struggling to compete. They got blown out by Summersworth. Danny Hodson, by the way, did you? 
Did we buy comps today yet? Yeah, I saw the shout out to uh, to Summersworth, our our guy Danny. Have Hudson, you ever yeah. seen a preview that long for an zero and five team against a one and four team? I think your uh, what was it? Your Trinity uh, Central basketball preview. So <laughs> facts are facts, Dave. I'll go dig it up out of the archives too. You have so much hatred in your heart. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. <laughs> Danny Hodson, I just filled out your your explanation for why you put Danny Hodson in the top three for division for coach of the year every, every year. Every year when we vote on it. Yeah, but, he'll uh, be there this year too. I don't care if they only win one game; he'll still be there. <laughs> oh, I think they're going to win more than one one. But uh, you know, like Momro just wasn't able to compete in that game, and they just kind of turned into. You know, by the way, that I wrote about this too. Them beating Hillsborough Daring in week two is absolutely baffling. How yeah, because that's, that's a good Red Hawk team. That uh, I don't, uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's the head scratcher of the season so far. That's their only loss for Hillsborough during Hopkinton. Yeah, I mean, so in Olay Smallboro, this is their scores forty four nothing at Manadnock. I mean, listen, Manadnock's good forty two to seven at Stevens. They lost to Epping Newmarket at home fourteen six. That's Epping Newmarket's only win of the year, and then at home. Against Summersworth, uh, they lost forty-one to sixteen. But it gets easier though for Analytics Monboro. So there is light at the end of the tunnel. They play at Trinity this week, then at Campbell. Yep. I don't think either of those teams are any good. No, and then no, they get no. Lebanon at home and Laconia, <laughs> and I'm sure Laconia is not going to want to stomp them all over the place as a local rival. So uh, I think if you're the Analytics Monboro, you're looking at a one-win season. Yeah, the brothers and brothers are walking through that door. Yeah, it's big, the brothers brothers. Yeah, Zach Swanson, and I mean they've had some really good players over there, Ron Kelly. So uh, that's a big fall for Alex Mombro. It's uh, disappointing to see because, like I said, Jen, I enjoy going out there for football games. So we'll see if they can build it back up in the future. All right, and my final team that, that's down is uh, the Lebanon Raiders, Dave Haley, uh, who are uh, I hate to say it. I mean that's not a, it's not uh, this year. It's not bad to lose to Hillsborough during Hopkinton, but two and three in Division three, and this is a team. We kind of the last few years we kind of buried them in Division Two, and then they would always uh, kind of do the Undertaker zombie sit up and, and and rally on us. But uh, maybe they'll do the same thing here now that I'm saying that. But they have two and three. They're look they're at Epic Newmarket this weekend, which should be a win for them. Then they get Stevens, and that's uh, Stevens has been a wagon. Stevens undefeated so far this season. Yeah, I mean they're going to make the playoffs, obviously, um, but their chances of getting a home game in Lebanon is going to be really really tough. Um, I think uh, it, it is weird. It, uh, the strangest thing about their schedule is they don't play Laconia. They always played right. every single year. I think they opened. It was Laconia would always play Lebanon or Hanover, like the first game of the year. So it's kind of weird that they don't play each other. But yeah, you're right. They play Epping Newmarket. They're going to win that game. Stevens at home. I don't think they're going to win that. So it looks like they're going to go two and two the rest of the way. You know, out in Alex Bro and then at Campbell. They're not winning that game. Right. So. Uh, you know, Chris Child's team's looking at, you know, four wins and five losses, which, yeah, you're right, would be very uh, surprising in Lebanon. But we, we have buried yeah. them in the past. <laughs> Luckily, Chris and I are friends, and he forgave me for it. But I, did we go up there after the the uh, the New Hampshire? We were up there for the New Hampshire-Vermont basketball game, yeah. and we met up with Chris Childs, and I think he forgave us both in person. That's right. Yeah, that <laughs> they, is well, correct. They've yes. been eliminated, and two weeks later they were in the playoffs. Yeah, like I said, they do. Uh, have you ever seen an Undertaker match? Just sits up and oh, he's back. Lambert is back. My God! So hopefully the Raiders can uh, pull something like that off this uh, this year. But uh, there you go. Justin, what's up? Justin, yeah. Go I've ahead. Never seen an Undertaker match. Yes, you, don't lie to the people. You've seen the Undertaker. I have not 
seen an Undertaker. <sighs> I've not watched wrestling since the Junkyard Dog, and I was in seventh grade. You know, you know who's shaking his head right now uh, furiously. You can't believe it. Not Junkyard Dog. He's dead. Kevin Mills. Millsy is going. How, how's Hanley never seen the Undertaker wrestle? How's that I possible? I just saw Millsy Saturday night. <laughs> I spent some time with him. Get out and meet the people. That's what you should be doing. Support your sponsors. How dare you? I, 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 I talk to Millsy whenever I get a chance to. But, yeah, Millsy will be upset with you. Half, You know what? Half the coaches in the state are big wrestling fans, and you just refuse to accept that. So they're all By the way, Millsy was not aware that we did a power ranking of who was the most depressed coach in the Portsmouth coaching staff. He did not, but he was. He said he was going to listen to it right after that. He, he was not aware that he won. He was the winner of the power ranking. But, by the way, I, I do have to say this because I, I meant to write about it and I just forgot. So – when we did the Portsmouth, <laughs> when we did the Portsmouth Spalding game, Portsmouth Oyster River, I beg your pardon. So uh, our uh, my table is on on top of that booth, right? To my left was Johnny Yafola. Uh, to my right was Kevin Mills, right? So the the kind of game behind the game, what you don't see is, is anybody knows uh, Johnny I and Millsy knows they're kind of like they're the, the yin and the yang, right? Johnny's very calm yeah. and composed. Millsy is not, right? So so right. so Johnny's calling the offense, right? And Millsy's like watching, and, and uh, you know a couple plays got stuffed, and Millsy would run behind me, right, while I'm on the air, like like Johnny, that play ain't working. We gotta stop running that. What are we doing? Oh, they, what, what? they fight like brothers. <laughs> they drink like brothers. I, that's why we love those guys. Those are our friends. Hopley is in that crew. Joe Paffer down on the field. Oh, we love those guys. If I during a break, I'd be like, Millsy, you got yeah, you, you gotta take a deep breath. He's like, I can't help myself. Like <laughs> <laughs> It's great. I love those guys. It's utterly fantastic. Well, so now that we've done the um I wanna plug the games route and then I wanna yes. give you uh, a terrifying uh uh scenario. Okay. That that for for for, for Justin McIsaac and many other people. So oh, first boy. of all, plug the games that we're gonna be at. Uh, you and Nicole Marrero, Rookie of the Year, are going the to mayor. be covering. Uh, Ty Vicko is going to be very excited, right, to see the camera and uh, and Justin McIsaac showing up, right? Friday Absolutely. Night. That or, usually means go. a ring for him, so when he sees me and a camera. <sighs> <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, you're, yeah, you're lucky I like Ty Vicko. But, um, <laughs> and his parents, shout out to both of them, they're terrific. And uh, Tom Sue. But, uh, that's going to be uh, an interesting game on the Seacoast, fun game, kind of Dover trying to stay in that race against Portsmouth, Oyster River. And then on Saturday, uh, Matt Corsetti is going to be stepping in for me. He will be far more professional and far more articulate okay. not doing a, Carl play-by-play. Not a high bar to clear, but go ahead. Not a high bar to clear. No, no, no. no. He'll step over that bar. Um, and uh, with Jennifer Kickroot, they're going to cover Merrimack Valley at Bow. And I'm just going to be straight with people. I know Merrimack Valley is not very good. We want to cover Bo. We want to go see Bo. Um, and our friends at Concord Orthopedics are a new partner of ours, and they are the sponsor of both teams. And you have the debut. You remember when, um, oh, what was the Brad Pitt movie um, where the Phantom Menace trailer played before? Uh, Meet, Meet Joe Black? Was that the name of that movie? Might have been, yeah. Meet Joe Black was uh, the number one movie of the week. This is before YouTube, obviously. Because they put the Phantom Menace trailer <laughs> before it. And right. people would go pay $8. Uh, remember when movies were only $8? And they would see the trailer, and then they would leave the theater before Meet Joe Black. <laughs> and I don't, think, I don't think they missed anything, by the way, for having seen that movie. And so I believe that this video will be the same way, where the world awaits the Jennifer Chick Ruth uh, premiere of her Concord Orthopedics uh, pre-roll video that she went out and we shot with the doctors. And the whole crew wow. over at Concord Ortho. Jen's going to splice in some highlights in there. It's a 
It is a Jennifer Chick Ruth production over there, and uh, so that will be debuting. And, and we're excited to go see Bo. I've been told by my friend Bob Polis, one of these assistant coaches, that the Bo kids are very excited that we're coming out to give them a little bit of love, so we're excited to go out there, and that's a tremendous program. We're excited. And a fun place to see a game, so we're excited. And you guys spent a lot of money on a very professional voice guy for that commercial is what I'm being told. Source is close to me. Yes, that's right. The voiceover <laughs> work of Justin McIsaac. That's right. You're in that. <laughs> there you go. You What's good that? for everyone at Quackett Orthopedics is that Dave Haley is not in any of that video. That's, so it is a complete – it is done by professionals. Okay, so let me – in the spirit of, I'll end it with this, in the spirit of one of my absolute, I mean, Rocky, Star Wars would be my favorite all-time movie franchises. Halloween uh, would be number three, even though the, the all the sequels are absolute crap. But that's just how good the original Halloween was, which I'm obsessed with, Michael Myers. The guy never runs. He's locked because he knows he's going to get There's that. a new one coming he's out. trip over a roof. It's a new huh? one with Jamie Lee Curtis. Do you see that? Like, like, uh, like Halloween 40 years later or whatever? I can't wait. And I love the fact that they've just already said in the trailer, like, they just they looked right at the screen and broke the fourth wall and said, listen, none of those sequels happened. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 we're just going straight from that day. He only killed three people. So um, very excited for Halloween. I'm going to go see that in the theater. Uh, can't wait for that one. Uh, but here is the scariest scenario, anything scarier, anything even that Michael Myers could do. It is Saturday. Okay. Justin McIsaac sits down on his couch after a long day. What are you doing Saturday, by the way? UNH Holy Cross, high noon. Oh, yeah, UNH Holy Cross. So after that game, sits down on his couch. The Boston Red Sox are down one game to nothing to the New York Yankees with <sighs> David Price taking the mound with your season on the line. Oh, How boy. does that scenario feel? And, uh, in the words of Pete Campbell and Mad Men, not great, Bob. <laughs> not great. Not great. So basically, like, we're in a like I really feel like Friday night. I can't wait. Is must win. And by the way, <laughs> we won 108 games, but our starting pitcher couldn't break 90. Yeah, I mean it's a five from Bedford that can break 90. And 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 our season, if we lose, you know, usually the, the, the great thing about baseball is like, you know, they bounce back so quick. It's it really even in the playoffs is like. You know, you can get hammered on Friday night, and then they come back out and they hammer the other team on right. Saturday, like. But you got David Price <laughs> against the Yankees. What's his earned run average against the Yankees? Like eight runs a game? It's like a, it's like a million, yeah. And it's uh, a million. And baseball's so weird because you play 162 games, and then the uh, the first the the two, the two teams with the best records in the AL play in a five best of five series. It's like if you ran a marathon and then uh, and you ran 26.1 miles, and then for the last hundred meters they stopped the last two guys and like okay. Uh, you guys, now you're going to run a 100-meter dash to see who the real winner is, no matter how far in front the leader was. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good analogy. They're, it's a fight in the phone booth. But, yeah. I mean, and then, and it's it's, just, it's crazy how we won 108 games, and then uh, what if you're down 2 nothing? you have Rick Porcello going for you in Yankee Stadium? Like, I mean, we could, <laughs> we, could, we could sweep them. I'm not sitting here saying these are things are going to happen. But it's just hilarious. Like, a team that wins 108 games, you would think. Tony, I mean, I think Houston is clearly the favorite in the American League. I don't think Close. Tony Maserati, everybody. You can hear him two to six weekdays on that. <laughs> no, God, he drives just, me insane. This I'm, has been, you know what drove me the most crazy, not to go on a whole rant, is people saying, oh, this isn't like, this is one of the most likable Red Sox teams I can ever remember. I oh, mean, God, yes. Like, Mookie oh and God, Jackie Bradley fun. and J.D. Martinez, forget about yeah, it. Yeah, Xander Bogarts and, and Ben Tendi, they are a really fun team. Very likable. The manager is like my favorite manager since Joe Morgan. Easily, I mean, yeah. No one beats Walpole, Joe. But um, 
No, they, uh, although Jimmy Williams was electric, his press yeah. conferences were like, I, so I was a big Tito electric. guy, I gotta say. I, I was a big Tito guy. Yeah, but Tito's yeah. great. Alex Cora's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, the Tito book was interesting because he hammered uh, Pedro and kind of defended Manny, which is sort of the opposite of what you would think. Right. But, um, but back to the Red Sox. Anyway, I will be rooting hard, and I'm not saying they're going to be down one nothing. In fact, I think the Red Sox are going to win the series. I do. I think they're going to lose to Houston. And I'm just saying, if they're down one nothing with David Price taking the mound, I mean, <laughs> there'll be a collective butt clinching going on around the region. You're right. Oh, the Bud Lights will be flowing all over New England on Saturday night. All right, there you have it. All right, it's three up, three down with uh, he's Dave Haley. I'm Justin McIsaac. Uh, I'll be at uh, Portsmouth Oyster River versus Dover Friday night, and then Bo Merrimack Valley with Matt Corsetti on Saturday. And uh, Dave will be on vacation. We will see you at the games. Take it easy, buddy. See you, brother.